Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof, where we're kicking life with bullyproof expert, Master Rich Grogan. As a master martial artist and sixth-degree black belt with 40 years experience, I've spent my life empowering kids and adults with hope and the courage and confidence to believe in themselves, to overcome their fears and battle through their challenges, to stand up to any bully they're facing, either real or in their mind. And now I've got the opportunity to share these messages with you each and every week. So get ready as we go on this life-changing journey together to become bullyproof and to live our best kick in life. and welcome to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof and Kickin' Life. Man, oh man, we're coming at you again. And as always, I promise I'm going to give you everything I've got to keep empowering you, to keep giving you hope, keep inspiring you, keep building your confidence to help you live that best kick in life. And as we know what Bullyproof, Bullyproof is just believing in yourself and standing up to any bully you face, real or in your mind. And kicking life, that's getting back up each and every time life knocks you down and then living your life to the fullest. Not just a good life, not even a great life, baby. It's a kicking life. You're cashing checks, taking names, kicking butt, praising God, doing your best to make an impact in the world because we only get one one shot at this thing. And yeah, there's there's hiccups. Yeah, there's stress. Yeah, there's anxiety. There's depression. There's all those things. We all fight our own individual demons, but collectively working together, we can make a difference. And this show, this is episode number 243, if you can believe that. And it's the weekly spotlight show where we're going to feature. And boy, oh boy, each week, it seems like I try and outdo the guests before. And this week, we've got a doozy for you. I've connected with this gentleman, my gosh, I think the first time I met him, uh, officially, unofficially, was in 2013. And he was given a presentation and talking on and on about Zig Ziglar. And now I had just came into, I guess, the the, the Ziglar world. I heard Master Melody Schumann talk about him on a podcast or a uh, webinar or something. And I'd never heard of Zig before in 2012, as crazy as that is. And now the listeners, you know, I'm a Ziggler coach, trainer, speaker, presenter, and I'm blessed to uh, be going actually to Ziggler headquarters in June for uh, another training session, part of the ZLC, the Ziggler Legacy Certified Certification or Recertification. And what a blessing. Well, enough about me, though. Let me let me give you a little bio on our guest here. He owns and operates four schools, America's Best Defense, he has teaching well over 1,300 students. He's been a consultant in the martial arts industry and also the VP, the vice president of United Professionals. And, you know, he, he's very humble with his bio here. He says, I think I'm best at staff and instructor development. <laughs> well, that's the humility by this gentleman. Not think. He's extremely good at it. He's a man of God. He goes out of his way to empower others. He's everything the show is all about. And who am I talking about? Well, with great pleasure, I welcome to the show Master Paul Garcia. Sir, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, you're very, very I welcome. Tell you, you have a great radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> Just listening to you is very inspiring. Well, thank you, sir. I, I'm sitting here with goosebumps in the recording studio. That that makes me feel good. I uh, <laughs> I enjoy talking, I tell you. And uh, it, it's something I've been working at. And being part of the Ziegler family has definitely helped with that. And uh, as I mentioned in, in the opening there, uh, you, w- without even knowing it, and that's the power of just being you and being a, a, a person of influence, 
just you rattling off all these Ziggler quotes and you up on stage with the confidence and, you know, something, I, I, I try and save some of this stuff. Maybe I've shared it with you in the past or not, but it's always great when the listeners get to hear it. Uh, you, you were talking about getting up early in the morning and working out and uh, then preparing for your speech and your presentation and how you were a little nervous because you want to make sure you bring out your very, very best. And I had never met you prior to that, um, seeing you on stage there. And it really helped me because I'll tell you what, I had drifted a little bit. I wasn't working out very much. I was hanging around with a different crowd and and maybe partying a little too much. And here's this guy on stage being an inspiration, talking about getting up early in the morning, working out, referencing the Zig Ziglar guy, which I'd only heard about one time before. I was like, holy smokes. So uh, long overdue, thank you very much for that, without even knowing what you did. Truly, my pleasure, truly. Good stuff. So... Uh, and I know it's, it's very difficult, a humble man like yourself, to uh, – that's why I always like trying to do the bio with uh, – because when somebody asks me, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself, that's always tough to do. But the, right. <laughs> it's like, well, I want to – Very uncomfortable. <laughs> but with the, the, the bio you gave me, is there anything I left out that you think would be uh, uh, an important detail or factor that uh, our listeners, that uh, they could uh, – just to know Master Paul Garcia just a little bit more, something about them that maybe isn't right there on the, on the surface or something, the reason why you have over 1,300 students and you're a VP for the United Professionals and you're, what you do for staff and instructor development. Is, is there a driving force or something that maybe not be right there on the surface? You know, I think you mentioned it when we talked prior to going live with the recording. Some mishaps happened, and it just kind of threw your day off a little bit. And I had mentioned to you, I said, it's just a reminder that we're not in control. You know, and that's, that, that always creates the frustration in our lives. We have a certain expectation of how we think things go. And every now and again, we have to be reminded that we're not in control. And I think that um, as I sat back and and one day and kind of looked at the development of things, I started to realize, like you mentioned, there's something bigger and greater happening uh, behind the scenes that's not visible to the naked eye. You know, I, I just happened to join martial arts when I was 11 years old, just happened to be in a competitive school, just happened to be in a school where the instructor was very much into Bruce Lee and Zen, so he didn't always teach us just the kicking and punching, but he always brought in the philosophy of martial arts and the difference between getting a black belt and being one. So these all weighed heavy influences, you know, on my thinking. Being a competitor, you know, eventually I decided that I wanted to do martial arts for a living. I'm seeing, as I'm competing, I was on the John Paul Mitchell team, and I'm seeing all these people that are competitors, but also running really successful schools. And I came from a very small school. I think way back then we had like 60 students and I wanted to do it for a living. I loved martial arts and just the thought of this passion of mine, this is what I would actually do for a living was just, was just crazy. So I met some people and they put me in touch with some other people and it just happened to be my, um, my competition background that kind of got my foot in the door with these major heavy hitters of the industry. Uh, two major gentlemen that just, they were excited that I was coming to their school because their staff was very much in the competition. So there was that connection. So it just created this win-win relationship. I would go to their schools. I would uh, do some seminars for their students and their staff, and they would teach me the business. And then that eventually just led into uh, running successful schools, eventually getting picked up 
as a as a um, consultant, which I even learned more. I got more exposure with 300 schools. So I started to really learn what works, what doesn't work. Some people were doing things better. I got to learn from them. But my point being is there's something – I said this wasn't a plan. You know, at 11 years old, I didn't sit down and say, well, this is my plan. It just – it just developed. It just happened. You know, what are the, I fell in love with competition. That's just the way I'm built. That got me on Paul Mitchell's team. You know, that got me to have my foot in the door with these industry leaders in which I learned the business that got, you know what I mean? So there's always something behind the scenes working. And I think that's something worth recognizing. Well, and like you said, it, it, oftentimes, um, the unfortunate about society and hold doesn't matter if it's martial arts or any type of uh, uh, venture success, entrepreneurs, or, or just your average person is happy with what they're doing in life. It's not going it, to, let me see how to put this here. You have to be willing to step outside your comfort zone. You have to be willing to do that little extra in order to make it happen. It's like you, you can't see the whole staircase but you see the first step and take that in faith. I'm going to put forth my very best. And it sounds exactly mm-hmm. what you, that's when I started martial arts too. I was 10 or 11 years old back in, uh, uh, I guess it was, was 79 or 80. Anyway, um, <laughs> is when, when I kind of first started there. And it was kind of almost the same thing. And we know martial arts back in the 70s and 80s were a lot different than they are today. And that's why we've had to kind of, and when I say evolve, it means evolve. Our style was uh, Tung Sudo, what Chuck Norris kind of grew up in. And it was kind of put together for 18-year-old men going to the military. And it was, you beat them down, those that rise up, they're good military candidates. Those that don't, well, best of luck with life. Well, we can't teach the same exact way of beating kids down, but it doesn't mean we cheapen our values. We just find a better way of connecting with the students, with the kids. And you had mentioned, uh, my gosh, well, I was like my, my most students, my instructor ever had was like three and, uh, I hung with him and the federation I was with was, uh, if you had over 20 students, then you were a sellout. And so for 25 years that was planted in my mind. And then I start going to these events. And the first event I went to was a champion's way event. I met Hanchi Dave Kovar and uh, uh, Melly Schumann, Master Freed. And then the next one I went to was when I met you at uh, the UP, Seaway UP event. And it was like, what the heck? I mean, these these are successful guys. They're not sellouts. They're wonderful practitioners. And they got it together. It's almost like the secret formula. But I had to step outside of that uh, bubble I was in. I always felt like I was yeah. an island by myself anyway. I would constantly... Yeah. You know, if I got demoted in rank on how many times for asking too many questions. It was never disrespectful. <laughs> it was just simply, I, I don't understand. Please show me. And uh, anyway, it, it had its greats. I mean, there were a lot of great things about it. It was very physical, very demanding art, and uh, where I feel my self-defense knowledge is, it came from that, uh, mm-hmm. which happens to be one of my strong points. But on the other side, it wasn't a very a business sense organization in regards to how to get the message out to the masses. Uh, their idea was still stuck in the stone ages of, you know, you wait on the master's doorstep, clean his step for three years. And when you're ready, he'll invite you in. OK, well, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but to know you took that step and uh, look at all the lives and the impact that you've made. And that's what I try and mention all the time on the show. You can't sit around and wait for things to happen. Yes, you can be patient, but gosh darn it, get your tail out there. Step outside that proverbial round hole. Mm-hmm. And everyone I get that guests. question a lot. I opened my first school when I was 20. And people asked me, <clears throat> how did you at 20 years old have the, the courage to open a business? And the truth of the matter is, 
Uh, I now know there's some things that, that we can talk about and share um, that will make a difference. But back then, I, I my answer was always the same. And I would just say that ignorance is bliss. I didn't, I didn't realize how risky it was. I was just excited to do it. I was very driven. Um, it's a calculated risk. I didn't quit my job, you know, and, and open up a school. I continued to work my job until the school was uh, was capable of, of hiring me full time. Um, but I was just ignorant to the fact I'm 20 years old. I'm like, hey, these other people are running successful schools. I'm just as good as they are. Why won't it work out? <laughs> and now I realize because I'm thinking com- competition. I'm just as good as they are in co- competition, but not teaching, not business. I still had to learn all that stuff. Um, but ignorance was bliss for sure. <laughs> well, you, you did it, man. You stepped out there and uh, um, you, definitely, well, when you say ignorance is bliss, I've, uh, and listeners know this, they hear it all the time, but I would always dive right in and find out after I dove in that it was only two inches of water, you know, it, instead right. of being a lot deeper. I've been bankrupt twice and a house foreclosed on, cars repossessed, and it's nothing I'm proud of. It's nothing I used to talk about uh, 10 years ago, but I share it now openly to let others know. And uh, one of my uh, mentors that I work with a lot is Chris Widener, and he actually did a TV show with Zig Ziglar and wrote a bestseller book with Jim Rohn called 12 Pillars. And he constantly reminds me, look, you don't have to be that macho, uh, tough karate guy. Be genuine. Be who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, open up. You know, share that you've had, you know, bouts of depression and anxiety and anger management. I'm like, that's embarrassing. I can't share that stuff. He goes, no, that's more relatable. And I guarantee what you're going through, millions and millions of others are going through it, too. And you can tell them what you've done, what you've battled through, and what you're doing to make it better. Because no one likes somebody who thinks they're perfect. And fortunately, well, that, that's true. And that makes you a better leader because people are actually turned off by people pretending to have it all together and to have it perfect. Most people are turned off by that because they just know that's not reality. Yep. So therefore what, what ends up happening is, is you create a lack of trust, but when people are real and when they're, I mean, studies show that one of the greatest qualities of leaders is being vulnerable. When people come to you and say, uh, you know, how do I say that? You know what? I don't know. But Let's see if we can figure it out together. Like they appreciate that honesty, you know, and, and it makes it more believable to them. Well, it helps. Uh, I mean, for the longest time, I'd be looking over my shoulder for the hypocrite police to come and lock me up because I didn't feel genuine. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So uh, I understand that. I, I think, though, to a large degree, you had you had mentioned the key word was courage. I think, I think courage is a result of passion. I think when someone's very passionate about a certain thing, and passion comes from purpose, but when someone's very passionate about something, they they muster up or develop or are willing uh, to put forth the courage. Remember, courage is not the fe- the absence of fear; it's just the perseverance and triumph over it. And I think you know, okay, so I get that courage. You know, use an example. Many people listening probably in the same boat, but 20 years old, man, you step up. Why? Just so passionate. So passionate about martial arts, so passionate about what it did for me, what I knew it could do for other people. There you go. There's that passion that's coming from belief. Belief in what? Belief in uh, it's more than just kicking and punching like your show. You know, you're very passionate, but your passion is coming from belief. And then one of the other qualities that you tie in is is being um, optimistic. And optimistic doesn't mean you're running around having a positive attitude. I mean, it's it's a different, it's a bit more grittier. I yeah. like the word optimism because it's more grittier. 
That's great. Optimism means I'm in this for the long haul. It's not a question of if, it's going to be when, but I'm in it for the long haul. I heard this interesting, um, this interesting uh, dichotomy between patience and time. Patience is the ability to endure things calmly. Time, I love this, especially in teaching martial arts, time is the willingness to work towards a goal without any limit to how, you, to how long you will work towards it. That's another one of those qualities. Man. There was just no, there's no limit on these people. They're just like, however long it takes, it takes. That's fantastic. They, they, you know, they view failure differently. They don't view failure as an event or a person. It's more of part of the process. Although, you know, we all joke around and say, hey, Thomas Edison, how, how many times did he? <laughs> and they say, well, how did it feel to fail over a thousand times? He goes, I didn't fail. And we joke about that, but really listen to the intent of that. If he truly believed in his heart, which I believe he did in order to persevere, it's not failure. This is part of the process. I just learned another way it's not working. That says everything right there. He has the optimism. He knows it's going to happen eventually. I just got to figure it out. So they view failure differently, these people. I do. And, well, like you just said, Thomas Edison, I think the quote was, uh, uh, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I found 9,999 ways that wouldn't work. But each one, I knew I was getting closer and closer and closer to my goal. There's that optimism. There's that optimism. There's that passion. There's that belief. There's that how they view failure. They view failure much differently than other people. Other people take it personal. You know, they they take it personal. Oh, I failed. Get the eye out of it. It's a process. Absolutely. And and then, you know, I always like to tie in the, the, we, you are who you surround yourself with. Uh, it's a, it's a big thing. It's a big change. Uh, that I I often say prior to 2012, I didn't know I could read because I chose not to read because my group of influence, they were more into, uh, partying and, uh, we'd go to martial arts events and it was, yeah, you'd compete hard, but then you would party even harder. And I used to never talk about this. It was kind of the dark side. But the truth is, I was turned into a person I didn't like anymore. And uh, um, just that eye-opening experience, I went to that first Champions Way event and met people like Anji Kovar. And then, as I mentioned, the, the next one, and met you and Master Freed and just several other major influences that are right. like, holy cow, these people are living a different life. They're doing something different here, and they're having the best of both worlds. You know, mm-hmm. it, you always heard, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Well, deep down inside, I always thought, well, what the heck's the point of having a cake if you can't eat the doggone thing? Why can't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, absolutely. But I found people like that, and uh, it's amazing. But, yeah, failure is uh, – uh, I always like, always believe that you have not ever failed until you give up and stop trying. You know, That is failure right there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Michael Jordan's got a great quote. I was going to look it up here, but something to the effect of uh, why I succeeded – is because uh, I I failed, I missed, I was in charge of the game-winning shot so many times, I failed this many times, or I Mm -hmm. missed the game-winning shot. I was going to look it up here and find it. But uh, anyway, he lists all these things that he came up short, but at the very bottom of the quote it says, and that's why I succeeded, because he never gave up. (laughs) Right, that's right, that's right. Well, good stuff. So I, uh, I was talking to the students the other day about that, just adding to it. They were saying that Michael Jordan would not leave. He'd practice for over five hours a day. <laughs> and he would not leave practice until he could do 100 free throws in a row. Remember that? So my question to the students was, we clearly look at Michael Jordan. By the way, it's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. Oh, same here. And um, we clearly look at him and we just see amazing talent. And my question is, is it talent? 
or is it developed talent? See, we always tend to think talent's like this mystical thing that falls on people. Is it talent? You're seeing the end. You're seeing the end result. You're not seeing five and a half hours. Can you imagine that? 120 throws in a row. It's, it's, I mean, that's a work ethic. That's a work ethic that, like you talk about, Zig says, you know, we have these qualities in us, and they got to be developed. They got to be brought out. So that's the encouragement I always give the students. You know, you can't compare yourself to other people and see them. You don't see what's happening behind the scenes and how, how what they're doing to get to that point. And yeah, you mentioned Zig. We're endowed with the seeds of greatness. It, it, we all are. We all have our own individual qualities, and we're a unique gift from God. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, people would, well, part of teasing and this and that. Oh, man, they broke the mold after they made you. And I'd think, oh, what you got to talk? Well, what you got to pick on me? And, you know, I mean, as a kid, you thought it was a shot. Now I'm like, yeah, guess what? They broke the mold after they made everybody. But I'm going to be willing enough to step outside of that proverbial round hole and be that square peg and mm-hmm. believe enough in myself to be the leader that I was born to be, to utilize the God-given talents to help empower others from my mistakes, from my failures, from my past. And uh, I found that quote. Here it is. Uh, Michael Jordan says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. Hmm. That's Bang. good. Yep. Very good. Uh, last one is I can, uh, I can accept failure. I can accept failure. Everyone fails at something, and I can't accept not trying. Bang. That's right. That's a right hook reality right there. That's good. That's my that's my hashtag. I've been using the heck out of it. Uh, Right hook of reality. I bought the domain name and everything. That's awesome. Well done. Well done. Well played, sir. Well, good, good, good. Um, Well, good stuff. So, um, what's 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 coming up in in the life of uh, Master Park Garcia? Anything new? Anything special? Uh, uh, Anything you want to share with the listeners, or some type of motivation that you just shared with your team? The the schools are the schools are. getting to a point of maturity where we we're continuing to grow. Um, but more importantly, we're growing. Growth comes in different ways. In my view, you know, your active student goes up, that's growth. Um, but for us, I'm seeing more people wanting to do this for a living. So that's growth. More people are getting what I call bit by the bug and they're seeing that, Hey, this is a, this is a great lifestyle, you know, to serve your community to teach some really valuable things um, to the community and to bring this to the community. And if you love it, to do it for a living. So we're seeing more of that now, more and more of our young adults are stepping up and, and wanting. So potentially, you know, potentially if things unfold uh, the way I think they're going to unfold, more schools, you know, so I can see that happening. Um, but again, it's a process and we, and, and I'm a big fan I'm a big believer of the process being organic. I think that if you do everything that you that's before you and do everything that you know you need to do, then the rest takes care of itself. You know, like farming, right? Do what you got to do. Plant the seed, water, cultivate, keep the weeds out, and then the seed does what it does, and the sun does what it does. You're, you're not in control of that stuff. Um, so that's kind of where I, where I see it. I think for us, our main focus, I mean, we have – we have good business practices. Um, we have good business practices in place, but that's not really do- what dominates our thinking and running the, and running the schools. There's one thing that I could share with the school owners or 
whoever's listening is, is just having that capacity to have faith in the process, you know, have good business practices in place. You have to take care of the business. I think sometimes people have a hard time rectifying this in their minds. You know, I mean, they're in it for the business or I'm not, you got to take care of the business. If you can't take care of the business, then the business can't take care of the people. It can't take care of staff. It can't take care of students. It can't take care of yourself. can't take care of your family. I mean, that's part of the reason why you have this opportunity to run a business. It's a, it's a responsibility. It's an opportunity. Um, but at the same time, what drives all of that, what drives all of that is the passion and belief of what the program's about. And that, that's what gets me excited. Like I said, I started Marcel when I was 11. I'm 52. And I'm still very excited and driven because I see what this program can do. You know, you mentioned being a consultant. And I was a consultant for a number of years. And I left being a consultant to come back to the school. And what did that was reading Zig Ziglar. Because one day we had a guest come in. His name was Bob Alexander, which both of you and I both know yeah. very well. And he presented the ICAN program. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, and it was literally like an explosion in my mind. Imagine a school that taught very exciting martial arts where kids want to be there. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It's exciting. It's interesting. What action movie, Marvel, you know, uh, DC Comics doesn't have martial arts in it? You're right. not a superhero unless you know martial arts, right? Right. <laughs> it's exciting. So let it. Let the kids, like my instructor said, let the kids be kids. You know, let them let them have some fun. But at the same time, while they're there, imagine if we taught them these lessons, these principles, like Zig says, right? It's your your thinking determines your attitude. Attitude determines your behavior. Behavior. Imagine if we could influence their thinking. Their thinking in a positive way by teaching these lessons. And that's been the vision for the dojo. I want good curriculum because I want it fun and enjoyable. But while they're there, you know, you talked about God and Christianity. If you look at the bigger picture, hey, listen, the enemy's got his influence out there. Yes, he does. He's got radio. He's got TV. He's got whatever. Imagine being that. And I was, I've never been called to be a Christian school. So I don't go, and I know schools that, that are, and they do it really well. And some part of me, I'm always jealous. Like, oh, that's really cool. Like their messes a week are Bible verses. I've been called to do it this way. But imagine my vision. You know, these kids are there and you're teaching them. You're teaching them real lessons. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Next week's lesson, uh, a couple of weeks from now, we have the kids, right? We set them all down. We talk about what real self-defense is. You know, what is self-defense? And everyone thinks typically it's a physical person. And listen, we're, we're, I'm just create a picture because people, we don't push over school. We teach our adults Krav Maga. I've had MMA fighters, you know, trained out of my school. But that doesn't take away from we're people first. So, you know, we have the kids and we'll take two kids and we'll have them run a relay race, right? I pick kids similar in, in physical skills. And then I'll take one of the kids and say, now grab a body shield and medicine ball and do that same the one that won the first race. God, do that race again. And it slows him down. He sure. loses. And I tell him, I said, there's more self-defense than just physical. There's mental self-defense. There's fitness self-defense. You said it. There's self-defense against your associations, negative associations, negative influences. 
we got to learn how to defend ourselves against these things. Because why? Because they slow us down in life. They don't allow us to become what we're truly capable of becoming. Our attitude. Mediocrity. That's a message for a kid. Can you imagine that? That's fantastic. That's what the dojo does. That's what the dojo does. As so you mentioned, to me, so much more dojos, than punching and kicking. So much more yeah, than punching and, and kicking. And, and, I, and I don't downplay that, you know, because sometimes, you know, when you talk about that, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think people think we downplay that. No, 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 no. Because through the kicking and punching, they learn to apply the things. We're te- the lessons only half learned yes. when you verbally teach it to them. Now they got to do it. You know, I, I was running a black belt boot camp the other day and the kids got to run. The kids got to run, uh, you know, a mile. And some kids are struggling. A lot of kids don't like running. So I said, well, what's going on? What, what about all these cool lessons? These amazing stories that we taught you for the past four years. What's happening? In the second half of the lesson hasn't been, been learned yet. The application, because there's discipline and application. You don't like running? Great. And learn there's going to be a lot of things that you need to do that you're not going to like doing. Change your attitude. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Learn to think differently about it. There's the discipline of the application. Now the lessons are being learned. The dojo gives you that opportunity. So to me, these, these dojos are just, they're, they're like ministry. You know, ministry to help kids develop attitudes, positive attitudes, positive behaviors, positive character traits to help them in all the areas of their life. And truthfully, I think traditionally speaking, that's what martial arts was really meant to be. You know, after we got moved past the, the era of, of, you know, villages being attacked and people fighting for, fighting for their lives, they still kept this stuff around yep. because they found that, uh, as they would put it, it was a way to self-enlightenment. It was a, late, a way to discover weaknesses within, within their own self and, and to strengthen those weaknesses. So traditionally speaking, that's kind of what it's still all about. Wow, folks, did you get all that? Is that fantastic or what? You wonder why I love this guy. Man, great <laughs> stuff. Wait, well, just to kind of piggyback off that, um, I've always been a believer that uh, uh, kind of in the philosophical side of martial arts, mar- martial, the word martial, militaristic discipline, to discipline yourself with respect to be your best. And then the art form, I've always been a believer, the art is you are painting a picture of your life, mentally, sp- spiritually, and physically, of how you want it to be. And now I dive in a little deeper. I think it's the, I call it the three-legged table of balancing your emotional health. So your emotional health is your tabletop, mm-hmm. the mental, you got a mental leg, a spiritual leg, and a physical leg. And those legs, how you paint that picture with your art, or what you apply to each one is going to determine the balance of your emotional health. Now that's deep, I know, but that's the stuff that no, drives neat. and inspires like me to, uh, borrow that. <laughs> to dive into that. And, uh, and then I also dive in uh, the Um and Young, the South Korean flag, uh, part of Tung Sudo, it was uh, a traditional Korean art there, is the, uh, the blue and the red, as opposed to the yin and yang, the black and the white, just more full of color. But I also think the martial art is on one side and the martial science is on the other. The science is how you apply the applications that you learn with your defensive techniques, with your angles, with your body uh, movements, with the uh, what you call a shinjuk relax, intense 
tension and relaxation, how that applies to anything else you do in life, especially in sports, because uh, almost most elite athletes take some type of martial art to help their competitive balance. And I know that uh, I was uh, I was always going to be a pro hockey player. That was my first dream, and it, it never worked out, and that's okay. Uh, when I was 19, I had to swallow that pill, and that's when I started back full-time with martial arts. But what I learned there was, oh, my gosh, like I wish I would have known a lot of this uh, earlier, simply of how to apply the body uh, with, with skating and shooting and then in baseball and football and anything else. The, the science of the body, the mechanics of how it works, everything we teach in martial arts does those things. So that's a, that's a big part of our curriculum. And once I left the Federation in 2014 that I was with, I stripped everything down to the bare bones minimum. Right now, our primary focus is on self-protection, which is our self-defense, and then body control, and but regardless what month it is, it's all balanced out by Matt Chats. Uh, we call Matt Chats Power Chats, themes of the month, and what we can do to help uh, um, empower the mind as well. Like this week, we're talking about good habits. And uh, in the middle of class, and something we never did before prior to 2014, I never heard of this stuff. And uh, well, I guess 2012, but 14 is when we finally left. We build that in, and it's three to five minutes in the middle of every class, and we have them all scripted out. We have the instructors practice in our Monday meeting, reading those, so they're, uh, uh, and they've got most of them memorized by now. But just a good little chat with the family and the parents, and we rotate those around, and we ask the parents, hey, if you wouldn't mind, put down your phones here and listen in. This is the Matt Chat of the Week, and we encourage you to share this with your kids on the way home, because I'm a big believer, like you said, I'm planting the seeds in the mental garden and continuing to water those seeds and give them the sunlight they need in order to grow, and at the same time being aware of the weeds that pop up and cut those weeds, because, you know, what do weeds do? They suffocate any garden. Right. That's Absolutely. uh, and, it, and it's not just unique to martial arts, you know. If you if you look at other sports, Lou Holtz and stuff, mm-hmm. these people have have transcended their particular discipline. And most of the people that ever played for Lou Holtz, if you talk to them now as as mature men, they'll they'll tell you that he didn't just teach football; he taught them how to be men. You know, through the practice of football, everything he was able to he was able to correlate everything to to them as people. Uh, because as I tell my staff all the time, and again, you know, I know, I know it sounds like I'm downplaying the physical side, and I'm not. I think the physical side is a is a pathway to developing the character. We can all talk about this stuff, but you got to get to work and apply it. Um, but if it, you know, the, the sidekick that I teach a kid, he's going to get to my age someday, mm-hmm. and that sidekick's not going to quite look the same. <laughs> you know, but uh, but the lessons, the lessons that he's learned, he'll carry with him for the, or she's learned carry with them with them for the rest of their life. Well, that's that quote, so you know, think, brawn is limited when the mind is infinite. And we were all young yeah. and, uh, you know, could do all kinds of crazy things, do the splits and kick the trees. And, uh, you know, I know Chip Townsend still does that stuff. So kudos to him. <laughs> He's my buddy. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, but the, the mind and planting those seeds and the two things, that we, the only two things I tell them from day one and instructors pass it on that we evaluate on is attitude and effort. I said, your attitude is that determination that you're going to put forth your very, very best. You're going to keep pushing. And then the effort's actually applying it and doing it. And I said, by doing that, you'll put forth your best, you'll become your best. It's a little thing. I'll start the sentence and the students will finish it is what we talk about in class because 
not everybody's the most talented. Not everybody's the most gifted. Not everybody can kick the trees. Not everybody can uh, um, do the splits. But with the right attitude and effort, you can become the very best person you can be. You can utilize your God-given talents to be who you were born to be. And that's what I try and instill in the students. Because, you know, inevitably you'll have a parent say, well, he's not the most athletic or he's not the most talented. And yeah. used to, I would just kind of like, well, now I say, hey, first of all, don't say that in front of the kiddo there because right, <laughs> you don't mean any ill will, but you're planting a negative yeah. seed in their mind. I said, well, we're going to work toward to help them be their very, very best. And so I always say, you know what? I will never be as cool as you are. That's just a fact. But guess what? You'll never be as cool as I am either. And I want you to remember that because when we get in that comparison world, you know, uh, I think it was Mark Twain said comparison is the thief of joy. You know, if I say, dang, I'll never be as cool as Paul Garcia. Gosh, dang. Right. Well, at least I'm not as bad as this guy. Well, what have I done? Yeah. I've sold myself short by saying I'm never going to be as good as you, and which is true because you're you. Then I put somebody else down in the process of trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> yeah. Who wins? I, let, let, let me let me add something to that. Very very interesting. Um, a few weeks ago, I was sharing this with my instructors. I read of a study that was done in 1998 with a bunch of fifth graders, and they gave them all these complex word problems. And then what they did is they divided them into groups. And with one group, they complemented focus and it was it took me a couple of times reading the study because they their terminology and our terminologies actually contradict each other but the um what they did was they to one group they praised them on their performance on it which was the results and they kept saying things like oh, you guys must be really smart you guys must be really smart to be able to produce this result is really impressive because you guys are so smart what you were being able to do and to the other group they praised their effort their effort. I really like the way you tackle those programs with energy and you weren't afraid, you dove right in. Came another round of testing. This time the word problems were even harder. And then afterwards, uh, they judged their progress and then they interviewed the kids. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm killing this whole study. It was a very complex study, but I'm just paraphrasing to the, to the takeaway. They found with the kids that were praised for performance, creating a result, had more stress during the testing and when asked if they want to continue the testing, heck no. <laughs> this was horrible. I don't want to do this anymore. Check this out. So the kids that they praised effort, they had a great time. They thought it was fun. And when they asked, hey, do you want to guys take it? I'm like, yeah, man, this is fun. Let's do it. Not afraid. Not afraid to take it on. So the, the, that's your point. Your point is that the effort that you put forth because the effort will lead eventually to, um, but if you kill the effort, yep. you're never going to get there. And I remember Bob saying that something to me about that. He used to always say that, you know, being in the education, he said, the most important thing I can do for a student is to develop their confidence and their attitude. He goes, because if a child believes they can't learn, they won't even try. But if they believe they can learn, they'll try. And it's the trying that gets the result. That's a little paraphrase from what Bob, and at that point I got it. Because we're all looking for the same things, whether you're, you're trying to teach kids to do word problems or you're trying to teach a kid to do a sidekick properly, it's the same, we're looking for a result. Yep. We're gonna just have more appreciation for how to get that result. I did some um, some some fascinating research. Uh, Angela, Angela Duckworth. Grit. She has, a, she has like a seven minute uh, video on TED Talks about grit. Yep. Right? And she, she says a really fascinating statement about grit. She said that it's not necessarily the smartest kids with the highest IQ that did well in school. 
In fact, a lot of her smart kids with high IQs didn't do so well. And kids that didn't have the IQ and weren't the smartest did really well. And and she she went through, they were able to determine that it had a lot to do with grit. And then she was on to explain what grit is. The question is, how do you develop it in kids, right? But it's getting kids, to me, this is the takeaway of the whole talk. Getting kids to understand that learning is not fixed. In other words, once you try something and you fail, it's not a permanent condition. Getting kids to understand it's part of the learning process. It's a process of development. Once kids can get that and can and, and believe that through challenges, they actually grow and become better, they'll give you what? Effort. Effort is the key word again. Crazy, isn't it? Because, you know, what does Tony Campola say? If there's no hope in the future, there's no power <laughs> in the present. That's basically what Bob said, right? Yep. So if I don't believe I can produce a result, no power in the present. Why will I even try? It doesn't make any sense. Why would I try? Yep. I don't believe I can produce the results. But if I can get you to believe and develop hope, then you'll try. That's fantastic. And that's uh, actually there's a chapter in my book, Bullyproof, that's uh, or in the, it's in the editor's hands again. <laughs> I, I say again because uh, this <laughs> this has been a. a, a a monumental task for me, but I decided I'm going to do it. And I've got uh, other books I've been working on. I'm probably going to get a little more help with <laughs> these books. I chose on the book that I've got bullyproof to make it a, um, a narrative story. And it's basically me as a kid meeting me as master mm. Grogan 40 years later. And we go on this journey together and all the stories in the book are most of them have happened to, to me. Some have happened to my own kids or, uh, students at the studio at the Academy there. But, um, it's, the hardest part for me was creating that narration. So, but anyway, there's a chapter in the book and the, oh, there's a whole chapter dedicated to attitude and effort. Uh, so that's how meaningful and powerful it is to me. And just hearing you talk about it in depth there, especially with Carol, um, uh, oh goodness gracious, uh, grit, uh, Angela Duckworth. That, that's yeah. powerful. And then I'd wrote down while you were talking there, Carol Dwick's got a book called mindset. And I, I believe that story that you were sharing is uh, she talks about it, uh, that study you're talking about in that yeah. book. And it's all about yeah. a fixed mindset or a growth mindset, she calls it. And we know John Maxwell calls it an abundance or complacent mindset. Uh, uh, but the, the fixed and the um, growth, that, that's what it is. And that's that attitude and effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also remind me of Albert Einstein's quote, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll go through its life thinking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's and, uh, and oftentimes, you know, parents, they're, they're, I don't know, I'm a parent, I've got three kids, and, and I know that a lot of times uh, I, I've gotten that comparison trap too. And we, we that's why mm-hmm. we're in a position now where we can actually help educate the parents in, in a, you know, humble way to let them know, look, yeah, your, your, your kid may be, the, 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 this is how God made them, you know? And, and mm-hmm. I... I tiptoe around. I mean, I wear my cross on the outside of my shirt and, and things of that nature. And I post all kinds of uh, uh, Bible quotes on a daily basis on my page, but I'm never going to cram it down somebody's throat, but I'm just going to mm-hmm. sprinkle it out there. And if it's something they like, and like you had said, you feel your calling is to handle it in this way. It's not necessarily a Christian academy, but you have that influence right. in there. And uh, right. um, Chip Townsend was a major influence in that. I've shared that with him before, uh, just seeing how he, hey, this is who I am. Uh, it's not take it or leave it, but I believe in God. I'm a Christian and uh, I'm going to sprinkle these things in. If that's not for everybody, then then so be it, which actually led to a, I gave a presentation for the Empower Summit 
Oh, a couple weeks ago, I was blessed. I got to close the thing out, and my topic wow. was, uh, yeah, it was a 50-hour straight event, and uh, for whatever reason, they asked me to close it, and I was blessed and honored. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, right. But uh, um, anyway, the the topic was when you try to be everything to everyone, you end up being nothing to no one. So be who mm-hmm. you are, and, and that's a rule from the academy because I tried to please everybody, and we, I, don't know, I used to think over twenty students was a successful studio. You know that was that mm-hmm. was the thing, and we're blessed now. We we own our fifty four hundred square foot academy, and uh, we're back uh, over two fifty, which is fantastic for us in our small community, uh, especially with last year's lockdowns and everything else that took place in Illinois. But it's focusing on what we do and who we are. And knowing that that may not be for everybody, and then that's okay. And that's kind of our attitude and effort. The attitude to believe in what we do and the effort to actually apply it. Good stuff. Great stuff. Um, and I know you're on a, a, a time crunch there. And uh, um, I was just about to tell you, I do have to run. <laughs> I, I do want to put you on the spot there. So I, I was looking at the clock there. Uh, man, I, I appreciate your time. I enjoy your group uh, that you have, Iron Sharpens Iron, and uh, all the amazing things you're doing. And I really hope to see you more this year, and if not this year, definitely next year. But we've learned we how to stay in touch with one another. Um, I think I have your uh, social media channels. If not, maybe when you get a sec, send those over to me and I can put those in the write-up description of the, the post uh, when this sure. podcast airs. Uh, and, and maybe just uh, a little closing remarks for somebody, a special takeaway for them, our listeners, and then also how, could they, how can they get a hold of you? If they're in your you area. You want me to answer that now? Uh, if you, well, the be- you know, I, the best way to get a hold of me is, is on, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> You know what I mean? So when you said social media channels, you're very gracious. Uh, the only one I'm on is, social, is on Facebook. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you know, I'm just Paul Garcia. Uh, I'm, it's in the area of Providence, Rhode Island. So if they just uh, look me up and uh, they can friend request me, they can message me. Um, I think that would probably be the easiest way. Would you agree? Or Oh, sure. Absolutely. And, uh, okay. And like it, so Paul Garcia, I'll put that in the, the write-up there. And then also I think you you left your uh, web address for me. I'll put that in the write-up too. Yeah. So if people in the Rhode Island area, they can definitely look you up and uh, uh, come and check out a class and, and be a part of the influence. Yeah, I would love to have you. And I just want to let you know I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. You're out there fighting the good fight. And as I mentioned before, we, we came on live. This is my first podcast. You made this. You made it very comfortable, <laughs> very easy. <laughs> so thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, and it, it, that's how uh, I, I, I get. I think I'm going through. I don't know this emotional change of life or something because I could get goosebumps all the time anymore. And and the fact that you just said that uh, here, I'm not kidding. 2013, when I first saw you on that stage, I thought, man, I want to be like that guy. And uh, and and here you you're gracious enough to be on the show with me. I, I'm honored. Now you say it's your first podcast too. So gosh darn. <laughs> Full circle, right? <laughs> One of those little joys in life. See, that's that's kind of the benefit of not always having everything, uh, know what to expect, you know? You have these little joys in life that just pop up. Well, and I am, uh, you had me on your uh, show, uh, I guess it was a couple years ago now, and I was, the fact that uh, you'd connected, I'm like, man, Paul Garcia wants me on his show, are you kidding me? This is fantastic. <laughs> or, I think it was your instructor training or something, but uh, yes, sir. Yeah. I was blessed. All right, well, before we go, is there anybody you want to give a shout out to? People love hearing their name uh, on the radio. You know, I, always, I always just appreciate my mentors. Um, unfortunately, one of them's not with us anymore, but uh, Greg Silver, he's always, he had a huge impact on my life and he was always so gracious, this young kid, uh, that he brought in and took under his wing and taught me a lot about the business. But 
as much as he ran a successful business, he kept a really awesome balance um, where it was students first, you know, and it was, it was uh, always about making the student experience better, making it more fun for the students, making sure that they're, that they're learning. Him and I connected just really well, and eventually I went to work from full time. So I always just I always thank him, you know, uh, for for I heard a I believe it's a, a samurai, you know, to to receive without forgetting and to give without no to give without remembering to receive without forgetting. So yep. try to be that guy. That's fantastic. All right, before you go, i got to have you say our, our bullyproof and kicking life affirmation. So if you wouldn't mind, just repeat okay. after me. Uh, I believe in sure. myself. I believe in myself. I am a one and only original gift I'm, from God. I'm a one and only original gift from God. I am awesome. I'm awesome. I'm bullyproof. I'm bullyproof. And I am living my best kick in life. And I'm living my best kick in life. All right, Master Garcia, gosh darn buddy, thank you so, so very much. Uh, You're welcome. I'm grateful for your time, your knowledge, your wisdom, your friendship. Uh, God bless you, my friend. God bless you. Take care. All right, buddy. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Wow. What a show. What a show. What a show. Man, oh, man. Well, as always, thank you so much for all your time and for listening. So very grateful. And from the bottom of my heart, I truly hope this message has empowered you to take on the world, to overcome your fears, battle through your challenges, and stand up to any bully you're facing, both real and in your mind. Make sure you reach out to Master Paul Garcia. I'll have his uh, uh, information in the uh, write-up of this show. As I mentioned, he's on Facebook there, Paul Garcia. He's got his, his academies there. And it's just an amazing human being. You heard the sincerity in his voice and just like all the guests. And then I'm very selective about the guests I have on the show here because I know how valuable your time is. And I want to make sure that I'm giving you the best wisdom, knowledge, education, and the best guests we can to help empower you to believe in yourself, overcome your battles, battle through your challenges to live your best kick in life. All right. Well, remember to share this message with someone that you know could benefit from it. And if you haven't already done so, remember to subscribe to the podcast uh, and, and share this message. We love those five-star reviews if you think we've earned it. And that's a, a way to let others know what we're all about and to also help continue to build that Kick and Life Bullyproof tribe. And uh, on social media, Grogan's Bullyproof and Kick and Life. Check it out. Every day begins with one, two, three, sometimes uh, inspirational posts. I always try and throw in a Bible scripture in there as well. And once again, just to empower you to live your best kick in life. I love you. God loves you. Please share that love with the world. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. You'll become bullyproof and you'll live your best kick in life. God bless you. God bless the other ones. I can't wait to chat with you again real soon. Have a blessed day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to another life-changing episode of Grogan's Bullyproof. This is your Bullyproof expert, Master Rich Grogan, reminding you to please share this podcast with someone who could benefit from this message. And please remember that five-star review to let others know that you're part of the Grogan's Bullyproof tribe. And until we talk again, remember, you have the power to overcome your fears and battle through your challenges to stand up to any bully you're facing, either real or in your mind. So get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best, and I promise you'll become bullyproof and live your best kick in life.